This is the Swim Swim Podcast. I am Mel Stewart, and today we have a special, special guest. This is a part of our Swimming CEO series, our Swimming Leadership Series. This man is a big fish. He's a power player. He founded and he is the CEO of the Fitter and Faster Swim Tour. This is the largest swimming clinic business, swim camp business on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, David Arlick. Hey, 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 Mel. Thank you for having me. Good I'm to be here. Care. Thank you for the great introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're the, you're the first one. You're the first one in our CEO swimming CEO series. Did that on purpose because full disclosure, we, we are personal friends and we've had a long, long relationship. Yes, we have, and and and, and it's been fun. And um, you know, for me, it's been great to see the growth of Swim Swam over the years. You know, we we got started with our businesses around the same time and. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed bouncing ideas off of you and, and getting a lay of the land and a lay of the, um, you know, what's going on in the industry. And, um, it's nice to be chatting with you today well, let's, in a let's, more let's, formal atmosphere in a more formal context, but let's, let's, um, I'll say this when, uh, I want to give people some context on who you are and what you're about. These are high metrics. If I'm wrong, I assure anybody listening out there that David will correct me. Because David is a perfectionist. We can, we can start out right there. He's a perfectionist and fitter and faster swim tour. Uh, launched in 2009, you've had over 100,000 competitive swimmers who participated. In 2019 alone, you had 20,000 competitive swimmers who participated across 1,200 clinics and camps in 47 states and Canada and the Bahamas. Over... 50 Olympians and Paralympians have led these clinics representing over 100 Olympic and Paralympic medals won. That's a mouthful, but we just wanted to put it out there for context. How do you manage <laughs> you, You've done that? some homework, man. How do you manage that? That's impressive. Um, well, we have a, a fantastic team of people. Um, Chloe Sutton, Brett Hawk, Patty Barker, Tyler Clary. Susie Weissman, David Koskowski, Tim Hockerdell, and the list goes on, you know, behind the scenes, making it happen. Um, and now, um, you know, we're doing a lot of events, but we're living through a pandemic. And, um, and uh, it takes about four times, what I say is it takes about four times as much work to get each camp off the ground and ensure that it's being done safely uh, for about half the revenue, but it's worth it, man, because, um, you know, it, it's keeping us in business. It's giving a great experience to the participants. It's uh, bringing swimming to the people all around the country. And, um, you know, we're, we're happy to be doing what we're doing. And, um, you know, thank God for the team. I'm going to get into that in the latter part of our segment, because it's, uh, I think that we both mirrored each other. And frankly, you kind of got me up and out of bed and got me moving because I saw some things that you were doing. I'll share that with you in a minute. So people kind of get this. Um, David launched in 2009, but he has a, he has a long history in the sport. 
Um, so to, to give you the 2009 to 2012 window, he launched and, and I had been talking to him about something I was going to do. And as on the lead up to the launch of Swim Swam, he was the person I leaned into and said, hey, nuts and bolts, how is this going to work? What am I going to be, you know, what am I going to be staring at in the swim industry and where the, you know, where are the speed bumps? Where, where, where are the hurdles? And it, it was pivotal. And when we launched, it was also pivotal because it was a, I had somebody who had real entrepreneurial experience, leadership experience as a CEO to basically hold my hand. So in, lots of times we'll call it a clinical therapist session because I would be like, David, this happened. Oh my God. And he'd be like, you're okay. Just, you know, roll with it. This, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. It's going to start all over again. So that, that, so when I say our relationship's close, it is close. But let, let's get back into the history. Long history in the sport. Uh, David's an entrepreneur. He's a marketing guy. He was in print, in the print business. He was magazine business. But I, I came to know him as, as, as a guy who represented one of the, the most fascinating personalities in the sport. You worked and collaborated with and represented Gary Hall Jr., how, how did you, I mean, this guy is, how, how did you do that? Cause that, that was a, that, I imagine that, that working with, 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 I imagine that is an acquired taste on the business side. And, um, I have all sorts of opinions, but I'd like to hear it from you. Well, um, just to back up just a little bit more. Um, I was always a fan of the sport. Uh, my dad was a swimmer. Um, my dad, um, he graduated Colgate University in 1965, and, um, and it was obviously three years out from the Olympics. He was not even 20 years old at the time because he had skipped uh, a grade, and he was young for his, his grade, and um, I had always wanted to um, – I'd always been interested in um, making money for Olympians, and so that was like something that was in the back of my mind you know, how can Olympians and those who swim at elite level make some money? And I was just a fan of Gary Hall Jr. You know, I became a fan of the sport. Um, and uh, he and I connected through Swim for the Future, which was a nonprofit that I started um, after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Are you having a hard time hearing me? No, no, no. I'm just letting you know that, that oh, I, I was going to hit this and you've got the narrative <laughs> you down. You want to start talking louder? I was going to start screaming into the mic. Um, so after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, um, uh, I had a couple of friends who were killed in the World Trade Center and I started a nonprofit called Swim for the Future. And um, it raised money for deserving kids in New York City to join the swim team there. Um, through that, I met Gary. Gary gave me a call. And he said, hey, how can I help? And I was, I was just floored that he called me. I was very excited about it. And um, I asked him, and, and so he came to New York, and, and I was just so pleased that he came. And, and then I set up some meetings with Everlast, uh, you know, the boxing company. And um, I asked them to make him a robe and introduced him to the, um, the, uh, the CEO at the time. And set up a couple other meetings. And at the end of a trip to New York, I said, hey, you know, maybe I should be your agent. And um, he said, hey, let's take it one step at a time. And we started working on the race club together. And then I started doing some, you know, small sponsorships for him, handling some PR. And, um, you know, long story short, uh, we started working together. And um, it was a great relationship. And um, 
uh, he, he uh, I mean, I could tell you tons of stories. So uh, it, it was a great relationship and, that, and that's how we met. He, he reached out to me um, after I started Swim for the Future in memory of um, some friends who were killed in the Trade Center. Two, two takeaways from that is it, that it, it did begin with Gary Hall Jr. And it did begin from a good place. It came, it came from your heart and from a collaborative, creative place that blossomed into some really cool things like the race club, like uh, these iconic moments where we saw Gary Hall walk out in the, in the Everlast boxer robe. It, there, was, there were big moments in swim. But this aspect of your business mushroomed and became uh it became big one one so one thing i want people to know is that all athletes on the in the olympic space they typically work with a nonprofit, and uh but it's it's kind of been like cufflinks window dressing it was never a foundational part of your future as someone who had olympic medals and were an ambassador of sport and i knew your business model was Let's let's begin in the right place, and uh, that was a key ingredient to this business model that you that you that you that you created and worked from. And it seems like if you start in a good place, everything else take care of, takes care of itself. How, how well? I just want to know how how big did this mushroom? Like how how many? At one point, you had so many. You were working with so many Olympians. I was like, I, it was it was enormous, and he had all the icons. Well, I mean, the thing that attracted me to work with Gary. I had never represented an individual athlete before. And the thing that had really attracted me to him was the fact that he has uh, type one diabetes. So I felt that the value that he brought to the marketplace, the diabetes marketplace was just so tremendous. And um, I really, educated myself on the diabetes marketplace. And for one full year, my promise to Gary was I will not take on any other work other than you leading up to the Olympics. I will immerse myself in Gary Hall Jr. in the race club. I learned everything I could about diabetes. Um, I met with all the companies and, um, and I knew that the reward for the hard work would ultimately be some really large, meaningful deals that can pay bills um, and then some for a long period of time. So that's how I really got started. And then actually after the Olympics, what had happened was I started signing other, and that's the 2004 Olympics. After the 2004 Olympics, I actually signed other athletes that had diabetes as well. So I signed a kid from American Idol. I signed Chris Dudley, who played in the NBA and later ran for governor of Oregon, um, and a number of other athletes who were and celebrities who were doing big things in diabetes. And then slowly I started signing other swimmers. And that's when I began to realize, um, hey, you know, maybe I should create a platform that can generate income for many, many, many more elite athletes than um, are currently earning any money um, in, through the sport. And, and it's a, uh, so by 2008, uh, I'm in Beijing, I'm working with David, I'm, I'm working for David, and I'm making appearances right and left all over the place. And, uh, but you're, I, you're constantly on your phone booking appearances, for, and I'm like, who are you working with? And, and literally the list is so long. Everybody, the, the, the word got out of, of what you were doing. 
But this is, uh, it's, that's background, that's context. It's a little bit off the reservation. I, I, I want to stay, I'd like to stay with our core business with Fitter and Faster. And I, I knew that you had to create a platform because frankly, in, in, the, in the slow years, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. And in, we're not all Gary Hall Jr. Gary Hall Jr. transcends swimming. And if you want to work with swimmers, you had to create a business model that really supported swimmers, but ultimately supported the sport. And okay. uh, I mean, when you listed off, you know, you've worked with over 50 Olympians and Paralympians, over 100 Olympic and Paralympic medals won. Uh, just as a big round number, you don't have to give me business. I don't, I don't want to go too much into the nitty gritty, but like what, what are you outputting in terms of just supporting athletes that are at the elite level running your clinics? Per year. Through fitter and faster? Fitter and faster. Uh, we, we spend over a million dollars a year paying athletes through fitter and faster and getting them to events annually right now. And it's growing. I, that, that, that is a rare, rare metric for companies in swim to, to give you an idea just how big fitter and faster is as a private company. And, uh, to, to start from zero and grow into something like that is huge. Did you ever think when you started, like I'm going to, the outlay is going to be seven figures to elite swimmers to, um, I mean, that's why I did it. Honestly, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why we did it. Um, I mean, I know what, I know what, I was capable of doing and, and what the, the athletes were capable of doing and, and how we can serve the marketplace. So I, I had a vision for where we can go. And, and um, over the last uh, couple of years, we've been um, achieving, you know, that vision and, and we still have a way to go. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's a nice, it's a nice feeling. You know, when I first started the business um, you know, really the only swimmers that were making any money like any money at all were medalists you know olympic medalists and the ones that were getting the best deals were the surest bets for the swimsuit companies you know the people who had a good chance of winning three four five medals or more at the olympics so even if they didn't do what was predicted there's still a probability that they were going to walk away with some sort of individual medal right so the company would you know be able to hedge their bets uh, you know, no one was thinking about the 200 breaststroker that only swam in finals at the Olympics or the prelim swimmer um, on a relay uh, and certainly not finalists from NCAAs or Olympic trials who didn't make the Olympics. Like that was just unheard of before fitter and faster. And, um, you know, USA Swimming, understandably so, you know, they would, you know, only promote you know, primarily promote those athletes. You know, when we got started, it was before the APA, you know, so that stuff was all non-existent. And um, uh, so, you know, we created what we could create so that we can really raise the whole tide. You know, it wasn't about just one type of athlete, one type of medalist. It was about raising the tide so that all elite swimmers can make um, – uh, make an income and follow their dreams. And we've had a lot of um, athletes from the United States and other countries who primarily have gotten their income leading up to the Olympics and their trials and made Olympic teams and, and, and their, their primary, primary income came from fitter and faster. So that's a nice feeling. And now we, 
we have over uh you know 130 clinicians that we that we work with and um you know some who work more than others but everybody works as much as they'd like to and um it's a nice it's a nice feeling so uh, so that i wanted to cover that i want i wanted people to be aware of the investment that you're making in sport at the elite level and i also wanted them to understand that um you know there's there's a way to grow a business and swim there's a way to handle yourself in this marketplace and I, and i'm living it right now with the you know Part of it is if you have, you have a lot of money or you have a lot of investment, you have a lot of runway, but your product or your service or whatever it is that you're doing in swimming isn't great. At Swim Swim, I can't do anything for you. I can put some high beams on you, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Now, when companies provide a service, they provide a product and it, and it bounces and it works, that's a great partnership. In my world, your, your world matters. I have to, I, I need to know that you're being successful. And uh, it, so it, it matters to me where you're at, what's going on and how your business is evolving and how we can service you. If I'm a swim parent out there and I've got a kid and they are, they want to be inspired or they want to get over the hump in a certain stroke, what is it that you're providing to them at Fitter and Faster? When they're making the choice, hey, my kid's going to go to a Fitter and Faster clinic or swim camp. So, you know, the first thing is, is, and this was the vision from the beginning is that it's about the participant. It's about giving them the very best learning experience that they can. And frankly, there are some Olympians that when they show up to a, a clinic and, and none who are currently on our roster, you know, the very first thing they do is they talk about themselves and they'll keep doing it for 45 minutes and you, <laughs> you lose your audience. Um, you know, so we do, you know, we work with the clinicians to work on their presentation. You know, this is what you're here for. You know, they're, they're, they're excited to work with you. Hopefully they've read your bio, we give them a brief intro, but they're here to learn and we're here to get them to improve. And, um, and that's, and we, and we get surveys after the events and, and we, and we work with the clinicians and um, we, we want good results. So, with every event that we do, we're, we're looking at what we can do better. We, we're looking at the teaching platform. And, and actually, interestingly enough, as difficult a time as it is right now in COVID. Um, one of the really nice things that's coming out of all this is the, the adjustments that we've been forced to make with our clinics due to social distancing. So we've significantly reduced the size of our sessions. Um, and we don't want to have the clinicians in the pool at the same time as the participants. So the way we're running the events right now is providing for a lot more individual feedback. Um, I've gone to about a couple dozen uh, sessions of camps over the last couple months to see for myself on how the camps are being run. And um, the clinicians are learning the participants' names, their first names, you know, it's not like, hey, you in the yellow cap. It's, you know, hey, John, you know, try doing this. They're making stroke corrections and it's a much more personable experience. So that's something that we're probably going to continue doing um, even after the pandemic is behind us. So um, we're learning a lot. And um, um, the quality of our clinics is, is it, it's, it's the only thing that keeps us going. It's not the name of any one 
particular athlete. It's not the name of our company. It's, it's the experience that we deliver. It's a, uh, so I got to tell people this. I, I, I think I did some of the first fitter. I, I, I led some fitter and faster clinics back in 2009. And, and I, I must say, I felt like, um, I'd done probably 500 clinics before then because I won my medals in 92 and I thought I did a pretty good job. And David let me know, Hey buddy, I love you, but you know, you need to think, you need to think about X, Y, and Z. But what he did was he got me out of my head of, okay, you've achieved this medal. And he goes, but I, I need you to tell, I need you to go back to your, to your, to your mind when you were making those huge gains, when you were having those aha moments, in the water between mind body connection and he says i guess that's what i those kids need to leave here with that with that with with that wisdom and uh so you made me completely think rethink the way i would engage kids from then on whether i was in a clinic or whether i was just giving a speech at a team at a banquet um so you, you i have i have some neuroplasticity because of david arlick <laughs> Well, I'm glad. No, thank you for being receptive to my feedback. And <laughs> I was at, at first, know, I was a little offended, but I didn't say anything. You know, I know, I know, and 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 I apologize for that. But thank you. Um, and um, and you know, and, and that's not for everybody. But you know, um, um, it's worked. We have a good model, and um, and 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 at the end of the day, you know, like I said, it, it's about. Um, the the customer it's about the participant and um and and that's what we're here for uh, something that is is interesting is that I've, I've, we've witnessed on our side uh during the during the pandemic we've 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 seen companies die we're very close to them we talk to them you know uh we stay engaged and and frankly a lot of companies that were in not they weren't in good shape they just rolled over and then, but we also saw in some, and I got, and I got depressed. It depressed me because mm. I, I only can control so much. Mm. But what I was inspired by was I saw certain companies move fast and all of the leaders and particularly CEO, founder, David Arlick, he's like, we're going to learn something from this. We're going to do things a little differently. And you started doing webinars that were off the charts and bringing in guests discussion topics that were happening now that were applicable to coaches, to parents, to kids. And I was inspired. It, it caught me flat footed. And um, to hear what you said about your sessions and what you've learned about social distancing and, and how to, and how to continue to provide your services is um, you're learning. And I've noticed that with everyone. I've noticed that with everyone that is thriving right now, because swimming is very resilient. What have you, you know, have, have you learned anything else about your company, about what you're doing other than what you've shared here? Um, I mean, there's so much that we've learned, you know, during this period. Um, um, I've, I've gotten the chance to speak with literally hundreds and hundreds of coaches around the country who have hosted events in the past. Um, or we're going to host uh, events uh, this year. Um, we've had a po we had to postpone events and then reschedule them. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, when we're having those conversations, you just you hear about what they're dealing with. 
you know, everybody's dealing with something different. You know, I think one of the best expressions I've heard was that we're all in the same storm, but we're all on different boats. And um, so it, it really helped me to hear their stories. You know, inspiration doesn't just come from people who are achieving at super high levels and making tons of money and flying on jet planes and stuff. Inspiration can come from hearing the stories of people who are struggling and just trying to make ends meet or who, or who are just not finding success because maybe in speaking with them that they inspire you to do something new or something different um, or to look at your situation a little bit differently. So, you know, I, I, I've been inspired by, you know, 90% of the people I've spoken with. I've been completely disappointed by about 10% of the people um, that I've spoken with, which is pretty good percentage wise. Um, and, um, and on my staff, you know, I knew that we were going to be faced with some very big challenges. Um, we had no income essentially, uh, from our traditional business from the first week of March through the first week of June. And, um, and, and our biggest month of the year is, is April. So, uh, you know, when you have no, you know, your biggest month like that and, and that month can carry other months. So, you know, right from the get go, you know, you know, they, you had options like with the PPP, you can, you can, um, as long as you're maintaining 75% of what your payroll was for the previous year, you'll be all right. I just said from the get go, I'm like, you know what guys, we're going to fight through this thing. Um, we're going to keep our whole staff. We're going to keep everybody at their full salary. Um, that's my plan. And that was my plan from the beginning. And, and that's just how we go. Well, so I got to tell you this at the, at the start of this, uh, I'm sitting back with my, with a co-founder and also my lovely wife, uh, who is like, you should do swim swam. And that's the name of it. Uh, cause there wouldn't be one when, cause she came up with a name, but at the start of it, we were, we were looking at our, our books and going, huh? This is going to be an interesting period of time. And, um, and I talked to you because we were still mulling over what does this all mean? And I heard what you just shared and we did the same thing. Good we were man. like, you know what? We're going to, everybody stays the same. Everybody gets paid. We let everybody know, keep doing what you're doing, going to get paid and we're going to be strong. And we know that coming out of this, we'll be stronger. But yeah, yeah. I did hear from you first. <laughs> I, did, I, I, heard, I heard you well, say it and I'm like, you. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, I think that you sometimes just got to, you know, put it out there and go. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, you know, if you're an athlete, you might say, you know, you know, call out a time and, and do it. Um, you know, you know, overextend yourself a little bit and just live up to it, you know, and, and just figure it out, you know, and. And that's just what you have to do sometimes is figure it out. And, um, you know, so that's what we've been doing. Um, you know, we, we've enjoyed doing the web webinars, you know, it seems like now everybody's doing them. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's a nice way to stay connected with your customer base. Um, and, uh, you know, we've enjoyed that. And then we also started doing some online programming that we were charging for. Um, so that actually generated some pretty decent revenue for us. And we had tremendous reviews on that. You know, people kept signing up for our online courses. And um, so that was a lot of fun well, for us. If I want to sign do. up for an online course, where do I go? Um, you don't 
do that right now because we're not offering any in the summer. Okay, People actually well, want to be outside. <laughs> they want to be outside, outside right now. So sure. the, this, this, is, this, this brings up a good topic. And it's, it's yeah. something that's very interesting. And in terms of an education platform, frankly, you're the largest in the marketplace. Uh, just one-to-one -one where swimmers can, young swimmers, parents and coaches can, can brush up with elites and then they can get that, that, that instruction in person. But as an education platform, you're really there and you have it and you, you've developed some interesting things. And, I, and I've been very bullish on your future because of it, because you have so many, you know, you've got, you've got so many years behind you doing this. And I'm not telling you to tell us what's going to happen in the future, but swim education is a very good business. And I am kind of curious as to where this is going because it's a, it's a, um, if, if I want to get faster, I, I do think that kids learn by my, I think we're visual learners. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you need to oh, see that, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is everybody was saying in, um, you know, between 2004 and 2008 in particular, that everybody was going faster because of the suits. And I'm like, that's part of it. But they're going faster because of YouTube kids. <laughs> because... You know, even Sullivan dropping a fast time in the 50 free over in Australia, you know, you know, prior, you know, you know, in prior times to YouTube, um, you may never have ever seen that race, you know, and then, um, you know, so I think that people being able to see uh, other elite level swim on the other side of the world, that's really what helped propel the sport in my opinion, um, between 2004 and 2008 in particular, the video, the sharing, the sharing of information. And, and, and now even more so now, now people are, you know, they're going to the clinics, they're on deck with the elite athletes, for example, the way we, the way we uh, bring elite athletes all around the United States. Um, plus they're sharing the videos, plus they're getting the webcasts and the webinars and things like that. So, um, you know, like you said, I think that swim education is, um, it's, a, a, it's important um, and um, it's, a, it's a good business. And it's a beautiful business because you, when you've been around for so long and you've been successful so long and it starts at a good place. I think it's, I think it's fascinating about you that, you know, the uh, Gary Hall relationship started out of, out of a charity that had nothing to do with him and everything to do with you coming out of a terrorist attack. And then working with athletes, uh, you're like, hey, you know, everyone's, we're not all Gary Hall. We, you need a platform. So this, so fitter and faster rises up, evolves, and has grown into what is happening now. We're down to about eight minutes, and I, but I really wanted to ask you this. There are now fitter and faster alums. These little kids that uh, participated, uh, competitive swimmers, and we're now seeing, we're now seeing them achieve a lot of success. And that, that must be kind of nice. Can we, can we drop names? Is that fair to drop names? I don't know if you can or not. Um, well, there was an Olympic gold medalist in 2016 who um, came to one of our clinics. Um, I, I do not think that we had anything to do with her success. <laughs> um, but she came to one of our clinics in 2010 in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Um, Reese Whitley went to a number of our clinics. Um, and, and I had the, um, the, the pleasure of speaking with his parents just a couple, um, couple weeks ago. Uh, 
uh, we did a zoom together for about an hour and a half and I was just catching up with them. And, and, um, so that was nice. Uh, Dustin Lasco, a very big, highly recruited swimmer came to a number of our camps over the years. He was also probably one of the first purchasers of our uh, DVD set that we had done a few years back at the best-selling DVDs in the history of swimming DVDs. Um, um, you know, Kieran Smith, um, you know, just less than two years before he broke the American record in 200 freestyle came to one of our clinics. And I actually happened to be at that one it was up in Connecticut. And um, I heard that there was a kid there who was like 16, 17 years old, whatever he was at the time, who was going like 415, 416, 500 free. And, um, and uh, I knew I had to talk to him. And I knew why he was there. I mean, like, there was in my mind, there was only one reason why he was probably there. And I just wanted to confirm it. So I, so I went and spoke to him. And the clinician was Connor Yeager. And he said, you know, why, you know, I, you know, I assume the, you know, 500 free and these other events, I want to pick Connor's brain. And, and even if I could pick up one little thing, I know it will help me. And, um, and, and then at the end of the clinic, I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, did you learn about anything in particular? And it's just the catch. He really helped me learn some things about the catch that I'm going to be thinking about a lot going forward. So that's a cool one. And, and we've had a number of others that are doing really, really super well. And, um, you know, it's fun. And, and, and now, you know, the last two, three years, we're in a much different spot than we were um, previously. You know, we're doing camps. You know, we have um, in the D.C. metro area, we have over 100 days of swim camps being offered. Um, so kids are coming and they're spending, you know, several hours a day. Um, learning new techniques each week has a different technique. It might be comprehensive freestyle. It might be comprehensive butterfly. Um, so, uh, we do, uh, about eight to 10 weeks of that. Um, and, um, you know, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot more, uh, super fast, um, high achieving swimmers coming out of the program. But, it, but it's, it's, um, it, it is swim education. It is an experience. Um, but the, the interesting thing about this is that we, we've had this in form all for decades and decades and decades. Cause when I was a little kid, John neighbor did a clinic and I, and I became his friend and, um, but you never forget it. So you're, you're, you're providing this service that impacts a kid's life and they have this moment outside of their normal environment and it makes an impression on you. And I, I am, I am ten years old, and I still remember staring up at John Neighbor showing me how to rotate in backstroke. That was the first time I knew oh, I really need to rotate in my backstroke, and I will remember that for the rest of my life. How cool is that? No, it's it's awesome. So it's it's a uh, it's 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 a beautiful thing, and you're doing it at a super high level. I got to say this. Um, so I started out with you in 2009, and I and I was doing the first clinics. I, I'm by the way. Doesn't ask me to do them anymore, because uh, apparently I'm too old and I'm not I'm not good enough. But the you know I've gone to I've gone to the clinics and I've you know I've gone in, in uh, over the years, and it's huge. It is in terms of walking into the venue, you are walking into an event, and I always I just felt like you you were very sensitive to that, and I and I like that. It like changes your brain chemistry. It's like I'm here for something to happen. Something's happening yeah. today. Yeah. Well, we do a lot less signage these days than we did in the past. 
um, you, you know, we, we wanted to make the setup a bit easier. We were sending hundreds of pounds of signage years back, which is um, not only very expensive, but it's very time consuming to, to do all the logistics on that. And, um, and ultimately, we want people there for a really, really high quality swim clinic and for the clinicians to be focused on being a swim clinic. And, um, you know, um, you know this, that's a very, very big part of, of um, you know, the signage is, 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 is important and having our branding up is important, but, but sending hundreds and hundreds of pounds to every single camp is, is not quite as important as it once was. I just got excited when I saw the logo because I always thought that your logo design was one of the cooler designs in swimming. It was unique. I hadn't seen anything like it. And I got to, by the way, folks, I got to see iterations before it went live. Thank you. We're down to two minutes and uh, okay. it's a, we're going to, we're going to bring on some, some other leaders in the sport. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that I've learned something from this and you've learned something from that. I'm sure you're going to tell me later. But, you know, if you're talking to leaders in the sport in less than two minutes, what are the things that, that you think people want to know? What do people want to know about this, about our sport from the business side? Well, that's interesting. I, I think that people obviously would be curious about um, how to generate income for their teams. You know, how, how are teams, you know, um, uh, making money, uh, what to charge, uh, that's obviously a very big issue and probably one of the biggest issues right now. Um, I think making money for NCAA division one teams, uh, actually division one, two and three teams is, is, is vital right now. Um, they need to have a good business plan going into the future. You know, right now it's very easy for, um, for schools, unfortunately, to make cuts that we don't want them to make. It's very easy for municipalities to make cuts that we don't want them to make. So I think it's important for um, those who rely on institutions that have facilities and have teams um, to understand that they have a responsibility to generate um, income. Well, buddy, I think that's a great place to end it. Will you come back? Sure, of course. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, David Arlick, founder and CEO of the Fitter and Faster Swim Tour, who is the biggest company in the world providing clinics and swim camps. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Swim Swim Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.